All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, October episode of uh, my podcast, Go on the Show with Tools. I uh, finally delivered and got a guest uh, for this episode. Got uh, my friend Doug Norton on, who is a professional musician, our first pro musician to be on the show. So thanks for joining. Happy to be here. (laughs) And uh, the reason I had Doug on, besides I wanted to have have him on, Doug put up a hilarious meme a little while ago on Facebook, and it was, do you judge people by their musical tastes? And then there was a Imagine Dragon uh, joke attached to that. And it seems like Imagine Dragons is getting up there with Nickelback as far as the, ba- the they, popular band to bash. They, they really are. And, you know, as, as fun as that stuff is, I don't actually have a problem with Nickelback. Uh, you know? I mean, I, I'm sure they're perfectly nice guys. They're Canadian. Uh, they're Canadian. They have to be nice. Right? Um, but... Uh, it's it just becomes popular to uh, find a uh, find something to trash on, and uh, I think it's hilarious. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go put an Imagine Dragons album on. I'm not going to go put a Nickelback album on. Most of the time, if it comes on, I will change the channel. Do you know Imagine Dragons' background? Not not a lick. They're from Vegas. Okay. And they got their chops and like got together by being a lounge band. So they played in lounges like all over Vegas. Really? Yep. <laughs> and so my my best friend from like grade school, my longest running friend, moved to Vegas for college and has never left. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of Vegas lounge cover bands. Most times, well, pretty damn inebriated. Sure. And that is a very hard job. The lounge, the lounge band. Yeah, because of the requests you get and the people that come up. And oh yeah, absolutely. You're so dealing with a cross section of. Train Pianos-esque, <laughs> where you kind of just have to know everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, but they do get trashed. So, I think it was on my first episode where I said, I love music, I love going to see music, and always trying to turn people onto bands, kind of why I started the podcast, and get people to come to shows with me, and tell me about music, you know, and all that. Just kind sure. of start a circle going around. And I really try not to judge people by their music, and and if you listen to, you know, some artist or some genre of music and you love it, good. Good for you. Love it. But in the back of my head, I do totally judge. <laughs> I do. I do. It's a real thing. Uh, and it's, uh, as I start playing a lot of these uh, pop tunes in this uh, in this wedding band, like the Taylor Swift stuff and uh, the Bruno Mars stuff and uh, the Justin Timberlake stuff, all of a sudden you kind of... You begin to maybe not so much Taylor Swift, but you begin you begin to appreciate the songwriting, and you know how much actually goes into some of those tracks. And it's like, yeah, that's it. Doesn't feel like that when you listen to it, but when you go in and you learn the tunes, it's like, wow, there's actually a lot going on in here, and it's pretty hip. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I was gonna say Taylor Swift. The only song that we play is "Shake It Off," and it's like, you see, I love that song. Do you? I, mean, yeah. I don't mind the song. I, like I despise playing it because that sax part <laughs> just rails the whole time. <laughs> um, but I absolutely judge people. Uh, you know, if um, I've uh, ended relationships because <laughs> I have. I'm, I'm not afraid to say All right, it. We need an example. <laughs> oh, I was. It seeing, you have to talk about the girl, but what was the artist that did it? It was. It was the genre. It was. Oh. Uh, it was, it was a combination of pop and contemporary Christian. Yeah. And uh, she would get into my car and take over the radio. 
and just driver controls the radio. That's driver controls the radio, <laughs> yeah. and she didn't she didn't abide by that. And then, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I just I had to end it. You know, I couldn't handle her over there just like screaming at the top of her lungs and <laughs> singing along with this music that I just cannot stand. Uh, country people that listen to country music, I tend to have a little bit of judgment for, and that's that's probably. Just a little resentment from growing up in Alabama. <laughs> so it was funny about contemporary Christian or Christian rock, whatever you want to call it. I went down to Greenville on Saturday for their fall festival as music and food. It would have been perfect for you. And Doug's Doug's an awesome, awesome cook. To add that in. I didn't add that into the introduction. <laughs> and uh, so I was driving back from Greenville, and I don't have serious or anything like that. So I end up, you know, just seeking you know, on my radio as a commercial comes up or some song I don't like. So I hit Seek and it, and the beat sounded good. And there was a guitar part going through. I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. Like, who's this? And I listened to more and more of the song. And it came to the part where he was hanging on the cross. <laughs> I realized I was listening to a Christian station. <laughs> and so my mind flashed back to the South Park. Where they created their they Christian, created the Christian <laughs> rock band. Oh, and, it's such a great episode. And whoever these guys are in this band that I was listening to, and my radio in my car doesn't come up with you know, the name of the song or the band. I just picture them standing on a beach looking off into the... What was the name of their <laughs> the band? Christ plus one? <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt really bad, and I hit and I hit C to go to the next station. I'm like, well, wait a second. I actually liked that song before I heard the part about Jesus hanging on the cross. <laughs> A lot of that stuff's very vanilla, though. Uh, it's um, it's not like the gospel. It's not like the gospel stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's some gospel stuff. I, I haven't done a lot of gospel gigs, but the stuff that I've done, you have to show up ready for that stuff. Yeah, I and mean, it's quick. Yeah. So the so back to judging people. Yeah, I'm single, and and date and stuff, and it always gets to the part of you know the first date or second date, you know, or first time you meet. It's like, oh, what are you into? Like, what do you do? And, you know, I'll talk a lot about, you know, I'm into sports, I'm into music, you know, I like to go out to restaurants, try new places and stuff. And if the music conversation starts going and it's like, oh, do you go to concerts? And I'm like, yeah, I go to a lot of concerts. I'm like, do you? Like, no, not really. And because of my age, you know, 51, what I get a lot is, oh, I've never seen Bon Jovi. I would love to go see Bon Jovi. Have you ever seen Bon Jovi? It's either them or Aerosmith. They're two of the big big ones yeah and Aerosmith I don't mind at all like you know from Massachusetts so I've been overdosed on them but like the early blues <laughs> the early bluesy stuff I like and then even their hit making period you sure. know in the 80s I like to but Bon Jovi I fucking hate really <laughs> don't like the Bon Jovi and I think it's just because they were so big when I was in high school and college yeah you know and every girl liked them you know because of Richie Sambora and Bon Jovi and I looked nothing like that you know I was clean cut jock geek kind of guy you know yeah. but like they and i totally respect bon jovi like they're in the rock and roll hall of fame should be they wrote sure they wrote anthems yeah you know to this day they've got a great story too yeah to like this day their song can be played anywhere and people sing along you know and that's huge credit but god i mean unless it was like my wife or someone i was truly in love with i would not go see bon jovi 
That's fair. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> no, I don't have to. Exactly. You don't have to. <laughs> so when someone says that, I do judge. It's not a showstopper. Right. But they didn't control my my radio either. Or play Chris, or play oh, Christian man. Rock on it. <laughs> that was that was a rough two weeks. <laughs> And it's funny because if you do get in that conversation, it's like, oh, well, what kind of music do you listen to? And I said, oh, well, I listen to everything except for, I said, I don't know what's current in rap unless I ride in the car with Ashley because Ashley always has me put on the streets. <laughs> Ashley, my friend Kara, she's into rap. So if we go somewhere together, I hear rap. But I, I'm like, well, I listened to rap in the 80s, you know, the Run DMC and Beastie Boys, but yeah, I don't know sure. it now. And Pop, I'll say, I don't know, like, top 40. But there are, like, that, that Taylor Swift song. Beyonce songs I like. And yeah, there's like there's some cool Beyonce songs out there. There's some um, pop music gets a real bad rap because a lot of the stuff that we hear um, is just trash. Yeah, but there's some number one hits from some of these artists like the Beyonces and the Justin Timberlakes and the, uh, uh, the Bruno Marses and stuff like that. They're, see, I like Bruno. Out, see, I like some hip tracks. You see, I like Bruno Mars. Yeah, and. And Elisa, a friend Elisa and I went to a wedding down in Florida, and I love to dance at a wedding. You know, usually because I've had some drinks and it's time sure. to dance. You yeah, know, it's a I've fun heard about the Tuli dance, <laughs> and it's a fun occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but at my buddy Joe's wedding, after the first dances and everything, the first fast song they played, you know, which is to get everybody on the dance floor, was Uptown Funk. Oh my God, I had I had to be at least six buckets deep by then. You know, I I performed the wedding. I was I was the uh, you know the guy that married them, so it was a big big day and all my responsibilities were done. I'm like, oh, it I didn't know that you did that. Yeah, I did. How about that? And I'm like, it was time to throw down the dance floor, and I'm like, Elise, come on, let's go dance. I love the song. She goes, I don't dance. And I was like, Elise, yeah. She's like, <laughs> I was like, what? I go, I'm like, that is my, a lie. I'm like, you're my wedding date. <laughs> Eventually, I got the DJ to play some prints, and she did dance. She went out there, but yeah, she adamantly would not dance to Tom Funk with me, and I was very mad. <laughs> so another way that judging people by music comes up, and I'll show my age again. When I went off to college, you know, you get paired up with strangers. Yep, like freshman year. So it was like always what I did because I was really into music even then. Would you grab their albums, CDs, tapes, whatever they had? It went through. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of that when I went when I was in college. A lot of the music was digital by then. Um, yeah. Or uh, I think we had just gotten out of the the CD burning phase. Yeah, which was a big thing. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, I had a lot of burned CDs. I had a lot of burned CDs <laughs> all throughout high school. I had burned CDs. Yeah, um, I think it was. I think smartphones were just starting to hit the market. I know Facebook hit the market, I think, my freshman year in college. Yeah. Or maybe sophomore year. Yeah. But, uh, so there wasn't a whole lot of, um, you'd have to get on someone's computer, you know? Yeah. Or check their, you know, check what they downloaded off LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there wasn't an immediate way. There was yeah, you couldn't go through their albums or anything, you know? You'd have to break into their computer and, you know, sift through all the porn and the scholar yeah. students, you know, you don't want to go through that computer. You probably don't want to touch that keyboard. And it's funny, the best friend I made at UMass is my buddy Bill. And we're still friends today. We, we got roomed together sophomore year, strangers. And uh, he went through my albums, hated them. <laughs> and he openly said so. And I went through his and it was like Alice Cooper 
he had like a bunch of metal stuff. He had some Aerosmith and stuff. And I was like, oh man, what does this guy listen to? <laughs> you know? And but then that was like heavy when I was into rap. So like he would come home from class and I'd be blaring, you know, some Run DMC or some Houdini or something. And he'd be like, you gotta put your headphones. <laughs> yeah, but then we did find a lot of stuff that we had in common. I do, you know, and it worked out. But oh my god, at the, at the first it was like he—he he was thinking the same thing I was. Who is this guy? <laughs> I remember specifically when uh, when I started college that the friends that uh, that I kind of gravitated towards. Um, yeah, there were definitely no drugs or alcohol involved in any of this, but um, started playing, you know, pot smoking music. Yeah. And that turned out to be uh, insane clown posse. <laughs> and I'm sitting there listening to it going, what in the You see, I thought you were going the dead. <laughs> no, it was, the dead would make sense. Fish would make sense. The dead would make Dave sense. Matthews. Dave Matthews band would make sense. Insane clown posse. It just doesn't seem to... Th- Fit. And these guys weren't juggalos, you know. These guys didn't, didn't dress up like the Joker. <laughs> they just liked insane clown posse, and I thought that was so strange. And so for years, that was kind of uh, part of the rotation of music, and uh, that that my circle of friends played. And I was always like, "This is garbage." <laughs> And I did always judge them a little bit for it. They were still my friends. Yeah. But that was, it was it was that one thing. I was like, yeah, really? Yeah, through work, I had to do a road trip. This is a few years ago. We had like three hours on the road. We had to drive. And, you know, somebody you know through work. You know, you're not big buds or anything like that. You get in the car and you kind of talk a lot and stuff the first 15, 20 minutes of the ride. And then you got to settle in. You still got two and a half hours left. <laughs> And you're stuck in their car, and I abide by the rule of the, whoever's driving controls it. And, and this guy listened to Pop the Pop Station on Sirius like the entire way. Like we heard repeats. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, just give me something else. Like I was even hoping for concert. I, w- I would have taken conservative talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I'm like you have satellite. To that. I'm like you have satellite radio. You have so many choices. I'll turn uh, on those long road trips. A lot of the times, I'll turn the music off and I'll turn on like the comedy station or something like that because it feels like it eats up time faster for yeah. some reason. Podcasts, yeah. it's like engaging. Also, you're not falling asleep yeah. at the wheel, kind of dozing off to Taylor Swift. <laughs> All right. So to sum up, Doug and I both love that everyone listens to music and enjoys it. Absolutely. But we're going to judge a little bit. A little bit. You do. You judge a little bit. It happens. But it goes both ways. But it goes both ways. Like in that dating situation, I don't leave with the fact that I've seen 40 fish concerts. Sure. Sure, Because that says something about you. It does. And you don't necessarily know if that's the thing that you want to present about yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So you hold back a little bit. So, Doug's, along with being an awesome cook, is an awesome saxophonist, and, and we talked a little while ago that you can pretty much play any instrument, except for, what was the one, was it bass? Drums. Drums, that's right. Terrible drummer. Yeah. It's, so, it's bad. So, you made the transition a while ago to being full-time professional musician. That's, right. how, that's how you make your money. It is. Which is awesome, and I'm so happy for you doing that. 
Thank you. It's, 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 good. it's great. So you want to plug any of your, your gigs of what, where you're working or well, what group Well, this, group this Friday I'll be at Papa Doc's with Stella and the fellas, Stella Whittle's band uh, in Lake Wyoming. I haven't been out there yet. I mean, I, they did a good job with the remodel. Did they change much? No, it just no. looks nicer. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's literally the same layout. It just yeah. looks a little bit nicer. Yeah. You know, they fresh paint job, yeah. everything. It's it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Lake Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you're always going to go out there and be like, oh, this is a good place to people watch because what is that? Oh, what I, is going on over there? <laughs> I have a good time going out there. Yeah. Because Mike Hardy brought me out there for the first time. Oh, okay. And, uh, Went in the summer and had some drinks, looked at the lake. It was a great time. And that's kind of what I continued using it for. I'd go out there a couple times a summer. And then it was someone's birthday. Mike brought me out there in the winter. He's like, hey, we're going out. What was it called before? Papa Doc's, I already forgot. T-Bones. T-Bones. Yeah. He's like, hey, we're going out to T-Bones you know, for this birthday. They were going to do dinner, and then they got a band playing on that. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I've never been out there in the winter. Oh, it's a freak show. Yeah, it's a freak show. <laughs> It's pretty it was there like were, there was some, it was like nine o'clock. The cover band came on, and there was definitely mating that was going to be happening. <laughs> I don't know in the parking lot or back at somebody's house, but like, there was people hooking up that you did not want to see. Discovery Channel <laughs> style. Somebody should bring out the cameras. Yeah, like it was like being at Bradshaw's but different. <laughs> Bradshaw's a really unique. <laughs> Niche kind of I've seen you play there. a franchise. I've played a franchise. Yeah, I've seen you play a franchise many times. I have. Played, I, that used to be a pretty steady gig of mine. It was handy because I just lived right down the street. Yeah. Um, but there's but also meeting rituals going on at franchise. There's meeting rituals going on at franchise. They love to dance at franchise. They love to dance. I'm surprised that guys don't have peacock feathers just taped to the back of their head. <laughs> But and I'm sorry. Now I'm going to start picking on Bratchos. My judgmental side's coming out. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to meet anybody their own age. Right. <laughs> you got that whole aspect. So anyway, so you got that gig. What else? What else we got? Uh, most everything else is travel. Um, I'm going to be in Georgia a lot. I'll be in Virginia a lot. Um, with, with, with what bands? Tell tell everybody what bands you're playing. Well, with Queen City Band, uh, we do a lot of. Uh, it's a party band, a wedding, corporate party band. Uh, so we do the top 40s from uh, 60s to today. Uh, so it's basically a request band, but it's not, you can't you don't want to walk up to them and interrupt yeah. the show. We don't yeah. even stop fast enough, or we don't stop, you know, we yeah. just play. It's like a jukebox. Yeah. But um, it's a lot of weddings, so they're private events. Uh, yeah. And then with uh, Chicago Rewired, my Chicago tribute band, uh, rather, Mike Grossi's Chicago tribute band. I don't want to take, <laughs> take credit for something that's not mine. Um, we're going to be in Florida a lot. Uh, we're actually going to be in Florida starting mid-January until mid-March in 2020. Now, when did you pick up with them? I forget exactly when you picked up with them. With Chicago Rewired, I think we've been together for about four years. Was it that long ago? Oh, God. So when Doug first picked up with Chicago Rewired, you know, Doug and I are friends on Facebook, and I'd see your posts about gigs and stuff like that. I was amazed the range you guys travel. Like, you guys have been out in the Midwest, you've been down yep. in Texas, and like you said, you got a bunch of Florida stuff coming up. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, it, it's it's incredible. Uh, the, You're playing, the like, travel. theaters and stuff. Yeah, theaters, yeah. festivals, and uh, yeah. we, were, uh, we were just on the West Coast in um, Washington State. A few oh, I forgot back. about that. Yeah. And... Uh, 
played at this um, this winery on a golf course. It's just absolutely winery on a golf yeah, course. it was so cool. <laughs> and uh, when uh, when the sun went down, you the golf course was right behind the stage. So when you uh, when you look back, there's LED lights around the greens and red LED lights like around the uh, the roughs. Yeah. And the balls are all LED balls. Oh, and so they were playing at yeah. they were playing at night, and yeah. you could you could look behind you and see just a just a ball, <laughs> like a glowing ball flying through. The, you could watch them play just in pitch black. It was really cool. <laughs> so we get to see some really neat places. Um, been to with uh, the the band Twenty Ride, uh, the Zach Brown tribute. Um, we went to Taos, New Mexico, and stayed on top forty thousand feet yeah. uh, at a um, ski uh, at a ski resort. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah, you get to see some cool stuff, and I'm really grateful. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So glad you're doing it. All right, well, we're definitely gonna have to have you on again and talk some more. Do it. as many shows and everything as I go to. I don't know the business of music at all, other right. than I support it. So we'll have to have you on again and talk about that. Yeah, I'd love to and do then, that. Then we'll have another topic where we can pick and judge on people. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> this is my favorite pastime. <laughs> All right, Doug Norris, thanks so much, man. Thanks. <laughs> hey, I think uh, that segment with, with Doug went really well. And uh, as I said to him, really appreciate him coming on. Uh, my first professional musician on the show, and I know some of you have suggested artists uh, you want me to have on. And, Definitely want to do that, and any help you can give me um, lining people up, we'll get it done and uh, get them on the podcast. But uh, we'll get into uh, what I usually cover on the show, which is the shows I've seen in the last month and then what's coming up in Charlotte. So last month was good. I uh, checked out a bunch of stuff. First show I saw was uh, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers out to Neighborhood Theater and uh, got there in time for the opener, who was uh, Jason Haas and the Bosses. They were straight rockabilly country, real fun band, uh, high energy. Uh, enjoyed them. The singer had the had the cowboy hat on and the western wear, and uh, they did a told a fun story and did a fun song about uh, Bill's truck stop, which uh, they claim has the best breakfast in the world. Uh, I guess it's it's off of uh, eighty five between uh, here and Raleigh. So hopefully the next time I got to Raleigh and, and I'm heading back to town, it'll be in the morning and I can stop because I. Love me some uh, truck stop or diner breakfast. Uh, Sarah Shook was awesome. Second time I've seen her. Uh, put on a great show, great songwriter, great performer, uh, great voice. I, as I said before, some alt country with some punk and, and rock thrown in. Um, excellent band. Um, she did uh, the song I closed last last month's podcast out with. Um, uh, Only Thing Feels Right is Doing Wrong. And uh, she did a song uh, called Drink the Water that I really loved. Uh, just a great set by her. And it was interesting. About a week or 10 days before the show, she put out on social media that she had two months sober. And I was really surprised by that because a lot of her uh, songs and social media posts is about drinking. And, um, but I, I, and she was drinking the first time I saw her, uh, which was an excellent show. But I did not see her take a drop. Uh, the slash show neighborhood and the show was still as great and, and excellent. So um, kudos to Sarah for, for hopping on the sober train and uh, you know, wish her, wish her luck with that. 
And then the next show I saw was uh, Johnny Swim out to the Whitewater Center. Uh, that was part of the yoga festival they had out there. It was a, a Saturday night show. And Johnny Swim's a husband and wife duo, a vocal duo. And I've probably seen them four or five times now in Charlotte. And uh, just great, great act. Uh, great songs they write. And the way they harmonize and everything is just amazing. Um, it was kind of a, a bummer of a night. I knew it was the last show I was going to be seeing out there this summer. And as I've talked about probably every episode, love going out there for shows. Um, a couple of cool things about the show was one was they had the typical reaction of somebody playing out there for the first time. They kept thanking the audience. I think the audiences out there really support the music and are into it. And then uh, they just kept remarking on the beauty and uni- uniqueness of the Whitewater Center and what a neat place it is to play with the zip lines and the water and just the natural beauty of the woods and everything. So that was really cool. It made me really appreciate it, as I always do, but kind of hit a little bit more home that night. You know, how lucky I am to have that in my backyard and uh, be able to head up there when I want to, to see shows. Um, and then the other neat thing about the show was they did a cover of Jackson, uh, which is one of my favorite June Carter, Johnny Cash songs. And, and although Johnny Swim is not country at all, they did a fabulous version of it. And uh, uh, Jackson's one of my favorite parts of um, uh, the biopic, Walk the Line on Johnny Cash. So that was was fun for me to say. And then the next show was uh, the Jazz at the Beckler series. Uh, the Becklers are a modern art museum in town, and they put on a monthly jazz series the first Fridays of the month. Uh, they pick a different theme or, or artist to tribute you know, each month, and it's always hosted by uh, uh, Zayad Quartet and excellent band and uh my buddy paul richards invited me to go up and that month it was a tribute to dave brubeck a great jazz pianist and composer you know one of the legends of jazz and his son chris brubeck came to town to to play with the quartet and he plays trombone and uh electric bass and it was just a great night of jazz and listening to brubeck compositions and chris brubeck when he came on i'm like oh my god it's the dude from big lebowski he had the hair the manner of speaking the whole bit the goatee and um he told a lot of great stories about his dad which made me smile because i got to see his dad play at a couple festivals uh before he fa- he passed away but um band was flying that night they were great you could really tell that they were into it uh of course with it being a brubeck tri- tribute the pianist really stuck out quite a bit he was he he was really on fire that night and my buddy paul actually takes bass lessons uh, with tony the bass player in that band and he had a lesson the next day and and tony said how much the band enjoyed playing with chris and you know they really enjoyed the the evening and it really came across on stage as well a few too many trombone solos for me there's i think in jazz there's not a whole lot you can do with trombone solos but but that's all right it was still a great great evening and just reminded me, I, I need to listen to more jazz and support jazz more. I love it. And it's uh, you know, a true American art form that we have. And then uh, after that was Carl Denson's Tiny Universe at Neighborhood Theater. I was really psyched for that one. I've seen Denson for years. Uh, really awesome uh, funk band. I, I think the best funk band going, if, not, if it's not Denson, it's, you know, they're in the top two or three. Uh, always a great show, high energy, you know, dance fest, uh, super talented musicians, really tight, and they just bring it. And um, it was the funny thing about that show was uh, I thought I've seen him in Charlotte before and uh, thought he'd, he might come close to 
to sell in our neighborhood and I wanted to get tickets and my buddy Aaron wanted to go. And once I nailed down that Aaron was going, I bought tickets. <clears throat> Why I was so adamant about getting the tickets ahead of time was because Saturday night before, Whitey Morgan was playing Amos's and I did not get tickets. <laughs> and I, the day of the show, I talked to my buddy Paul into going a different Paul. And uh, we headed up there and um, I was on the Facebook page in the morning to see what time the set lists were, to see what time to get there. And there was no mention of, you know, tickets running out or sold out or anything. And uh, I figured, oh, we'll just get the tickets at the door. And we went up there and went to Gin Mill, had dinner and watched some football and walked around the corner to go to Amos's. And the bouncer informed us it was sold out. I was so pissed. <laughs> Such a, a rookie mistake on my part, especially for a show I was really psyched to see and an artist I hadn't seen before and kind of flushed that opportunity. So I did not make that mistake with Denson. Uh, got tickets. But the unfortunate thing with the Denson show was it was not well supported. I was really disappointed in that and, and surprised. It was a Wednesday night, I believe it was. But still, I thought he would have drawn better than he did. But uh, we went in for the opener, which Aaron's not an opener guy, and I am. And uh, I owed Aaron after that night because the opener was a band, uh, Paris Monster, who was a duo, uh, bass player and a drummer. And then the drummer had a um, synthesizer and kind of a loop machine with him. And they were not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe, I'm sure some people enjoy them. And, and, uh, but yeah, neither Aaron and I got into it at all. They were very kind of like industrial music, kind of noisy kind of stuff. And Aaron plays guitar. And about halfway through set, Aaron goes, I don't think they're playing songs, which is horrible to say. But um, it was too bad. And then the worst thing about it was there was nobody there for their set. Like literally there may have been 12, 15 people there. And so that made it a little more awkward as well. But um, sorry to the guys in, in Paris Monster. But I did love um, the drummer sang, and I did love his voice. He had this real soulful, cool voice. It didn't match up with the music all that great. I think he'd be awesome in like an R&B or blues band. But um, So that was unfortunate. Opening bands don't always work out. But Denson did. Denson was awesome. And despite the low turnout, they still put out uh, probably, I think they did about, about an hour 45, maybe two hours set, and just killed it. Uh, Seven-piece band, Denson on saxophone, trumpet player, uh, two guitarists, and then keys, bass, and drums. And uh, keyboarder played um, uh, Wurlitzer organ, which I always love. And they were just great. Uh, can never, you know, I'll just keep seeing him as he, he tours. His band's always awesome. And uh, neat thing that Denson's done the last few years is He'll do a run of shows, usually like four or six shows in different cities and pick a theme and a band to, to tribute to. And he'll either do like a mix of their hits or like cover a certain album. And he's he's done it with the Stones. He's done it with the Almonds. And I think he did Prince not long after Prince died. But um, he's also toured with the Stones as part of their horn section. And uh, that night at the neighborhood, they did Under My Thumb, which is one of my favorite Stones tunes. And they totally did their own take on it. Uh, they did instrumental, no vocals. And it definitely had a jazz funk feel to it, which was which was pretty neat. And they totally pulled off. And then towards the end of the set, they did uh, Almond Brothers tune, Trouble No More. And they did that with the vocals and everything. Much more true to the Almonds uh, version of it, but with horns on top. And that was awesome. And it, it was just a really cool night. Be out with Aaron and then our friend Mike came along and... Uh, I don't get to see Mike a whole lot, so it was cool to have um, just a night out with buddies and have a good time. And Mike and I are into a lot of the same music, but we don't always um, go to the same shows. So 
it was it was a great night. It just kind of shows um, the power of live music and and how much fun it is. And then uh, last live music I I checked out last month was last Saturday. I drove down to Greenville, South Carolina, which is about a uh, ninety hundred miles south of Charlotte for their uh, Fall for Greenville festival, which was a combination uh, food and music festival. They closed down South Main Street for a long, long ways. I hadn't been there before, obviously, but um, it was like six, seven, eight blocks long. And they had uh, food tents along the way from local restaurants, uh, beer tents and uh, soda, water tents, some ice cream tents. And uh, you bought tickets for the food. And uh, then the music was all free. They had stages set up along the way on side streets and stuff. And it was just a great, great time. Um, the food was awesome. I, I spent like 25 bucks on, on tickets and had some jambalaya. I had some crab cake was my favorite thing I had. I had a pork sandwich. Oh, it was, food was great. And, and uh, it was really well attended. They had a huge, huge crowd there. And uh, I got down there about 6 on Friday. And it was after... Clemson and South Carolina both played that day. So there's a lot of orange, a lot of um, the Gamecock uh, gear and colors out, especially because the Gamecocks beat Georgia that day. And a lot of people having a good time. And it seemed like a, most people there were there for the eating and social aspect of it and drinking and having a good time and not the music, which worked out for me because <laughs> I went down to see White Denim, a band out of Texas, and I went to see Lily Hyatt. And neither uh, one of those drew huge, huge crowds. So I was able to get up close. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I, I like to post pictures from shows and tag them crap concert pics. So my pictures were a little less crappy that night because <laughs> I was up close. Um, but uh, it, it was so well worth doing. I'll definitely go down and check out Greenville some more. Uh, just a, it was a cool kind of medium or small size city. It was uh, they've really done a great job with that downtown. It was cool. But um, the music, uh, White Denim, great band out of Austin. Uh, if you like rock, high energy stuff, check them out. Uh, young guys, they write great songs. They jam quite a bit. Their set was, I, unfortunately, the two sets overlapped that I want to see. So I saw about an hour of each. But um, White Denim kind of does these two, three, four minute song, fast songs. And they jam out a little bit, but they had like no stage chatter or banter or anything like that. Um, they just went like song to song basically ripped and um, they were fantastic. And the people that were there for them were really into them. So um, that was, that was cool to see. So like I said, I checked out about an hour of them and then they were kind of at opposite ends of the, the festival. So I kind of had to fight my way down through the crowds to see Lily Hyatt. She was at the end and um, she, she had even less people at her set, but she was fantastic. Um, great songwriter, She's John Hyatt's daughter, uh, great singer, uh, she played Charlotte a few months before. I think it was the visual light she played, but I might have been neighborhood. But um, unfortunately, I missed her. I couldn't make it that night. But, you know, read some good write-ups about her and checked out some of her stuff online and, and uh, was psyched to get down to Greenville to see her. And so glad I did. She put on a, a great show, uh, some some country stuff, some more rocking stuff. She played some ballads. Um, excellent musician, as were her whole band. She was a quartet with her, you know, including her. Um woman on drum drums who was fantastic um and you know good stage uh talk and told some jokes and stuff she she was great um 
And she really wrote some outstanding lyrics. I've made note of a couple of the lyrics because they jumped out at me. Um, these aren't the titles of the songs, but just kind of passages from a couple songs. One was a line that said, um, why does the beer always taste bitter here than at home? And I laughed at that one because I'm a total social drinker. You know, like I'm not one to come home and have a couple beers. Like I go out, you know, I go to bars or, you know, go over a friend's house and have drinks. So that one kind of stuck with me. And then she had a song, um, uh, it wasn't the song title, but a passage that said, why am I always asking questions about you? And uh, I'm going to play that song at the end. It's, uh, 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 I'll close out the show with that one. But um, she was great and can't wait till she comes back to Charlotte and uh, check her out and see her full show the uh, next time. And definitely encourage everyone uh, to, to uh, check out some Lily Hyatt on, on however you listen to music. But um, so that was what I saw. It was a good month. And then uh, we'll get into what's coming up in Charlotte, mid-October and through mid-November. There's a bunch of good stuff, as always. Uh, as Doug said, Friday night, he's, his, uh, one of his bands is playing out to Papa Doc's on Lake Wiley. So it uh, should be a nice night. Uh, go out and enjoy the lake and uh, check out some, some tunes out there. And also on Friday night, uh, from my uh, homeland of Western Massachusetts, Ray LaMontagne's in town playing Ovens, great singer-songwriter. And also on Friday night, Junior Astronomers, um, Charlotte Band. I checked out a Confluence Festival this summer. They're celebrating their 11th anniversary, and they're playing two nights, actually. They're playing uh, both in Plaza Midwood. Friday night, they're playing Snug Harbor, which is a cool little venue. And then they're playing on Saturday at Petra's. Um, another Plaza Midwood place. I haven't checked that place out. I know some friends like it there. Um, but each day they're playing with a full lineup of local bands. So great chances Friday and Saturday to go support a good local band and some other local bands as well. And then also Saturday night, Shamar Allen out of New Orleans. Um, he's playing Free Range Brewing in town. And then Sunday night, a band I'd really like to go see, and I've heard good things about, but I don't think I'm going to get out there. It's a band called Pink Talking Fish. And uh, they're a cover tribute band, but they do a mix of Pink Floyd, Talking Heads, and Fish, uh, three bands I love. So I don't think it's going to work out for me to go out there, but hopefully they get back to town soon and I can check them out. Because like I said, I've heard good things. And then a band I've seen before, Black Lily is an Americana band. They're playing Visual Light on Sunday night. And then on the 25th of October, Robert Randolph Family Band, a band I've seen a, a bunch. They always put on fun shows. They're playing Neighborhood. Uh, Robert Randolph is a master at um, uh, lap steel guitar. He's just fantastic. <clears throat> and then on um, the 29th of October, Melvin Seals, the uh, keyboardist and organist from the Jerry Garcia band, uh, he's playing in the neighborhood. Uh, he's been touring for years after Jerry passed. Um, he puts on fun shows, but in this uh, set of shows, he's got John Kadasik, who was the um, singer and guitarist in Dark Star Orchestra for years. And then he played with Dead a bunch and Bob Weir a bunch. So he's playing with them that night, as is Jen Hartswick, who um, uh, plays horns in the uh, Trey Anastasio band. So that's a couple of add-ons to uh, artists that Melvin usually plays with. And then on Halloween, we got two shows in town. Uh, one is Jamie McLean Band out of New Orleans. They're playing Free Range Brewing. Jamie's a great guitarist. Um, and then also Of Good Nature, a great local band. They're playing Amos's. And I know some of my friends are into Of Good Nature, so hopefully we got a, a crew and got to that one. I'm not the biggest Halloween guy, but uh, Of Good Nature shows are always fun. And then on uh, November 1st, a band I 
really want to see an artist I've never seen before. Uh, Marty Stewart and the Superlatives are playing McGloin uh, Theater. If you watched uh, Ken Burns' country documentary at all on PBS, which was amazing, uh, Marty was heavily featured as kind of a historian of country music and artist and He's just considered to be an amazing mandolinist and guitarist, and I've never seen him so psyched to get out there for that. And then on the 2nd of November, Downtown Abbey and the Echoes, another band I saw at Confluence uh, Festival this summer. They're playing Evening Muse with their R&B and uh, funk. And then um, November 6th, we got a big arena show. Uh, Elton John on his farewell um, goodbye to Yellow Brick Road tour is coming to uh, the Spectrum Center. And... Um, if uh, you remember from, the, I think, the first show I mentioned it, that's the first mm-hmm. album I ever owned was um, uh, Elton John's Greatest Hits. So uh, he'll be playing in town. And then November, also that same night, November 6th, Movement, a reggae band. They're playing at Visualite. I've uh, seen them before. And then on the 8th, uh, another show I'm psyched for, Infamous String Dusters, one of my favorite bluegrass bands, is playing Neighborhood Theater. And uh, also on the 8th, and note at Evening Muse, Corey Brandon's playing. 99% sure I saw him over Amanda Shires. I definitely saw him as an opening act. And I'm very certain it was with, Cor- with uh, Amanda Shires. And then uh, November 9th, Treehouse, another reggae band and a favorite of my buddy Adam Satriano's up in Boston. Uh, he loves them. They're playing the visual light. And November 10th, Steep Canyon Rangers is playing Night Theater. And since they're playing the night, I didn't confirm this, but I figure Steve Martin's playing with them that night. And then... Uh, November 14th, Grass is Dead is playing Free Range Brewing, and um, I haven't seen them, but I, I want to get out for this show because um, they're a bluegrass band that does dead covers, so I think that sounds pretty neat. And uh, November 15th at the neighborhood is Gaelic Storm, a band from my ancestral homeland of Ireland. I've seen them. They do great uh, traditional Irish music. Really fun show. And then on the 17th, uh, Lily Hyatt's dad, John Hyatt, plays the McGloin Theater, an acoustic show, which will be fantastic. I've gotten to see him a couple times. And then the last show to mention is Lettuce, a great funk band out of the Boston area. They're playing neighborhood theater. So um, that's what's coming. So plenty of chances to get out and support some live music. Hope to see uh, some of you at shows this month. Um, Like I said, keep the feedback coming. I love it. Um, Let me know if you have ideas for future segments, artists you want me to talk to. Um, anything like that, anything I can prove, you know, anything I'd like to add on, let me know. I definitely appreciate the feedback and I'm trying to work it in to, um, improve the podcast, uh, going forward. And then we're going to close out the show with that Lily Hyatt, uh, tune I told you about. And, um, if I can pull it up here. Yeah. <laughs> 